Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 407. In today's interview, you are going to learn all about Neville Goddard and the Law of Assumption. Welcome to today's interview. I've brought on Josiah Brandt. Josiah, welcome. Wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me, Heather. All right. I have to give a little background. I approached you. I came across your YouTube channel a few months ago. I've watched videos. You teach heavily on Neville Goddard. So I'm kind of thinking today is like a Neville Goddard 101. But the reason I want to share that with you is I cannot believe I've been in this space as long as I have. And I only came across Neville about eight months ago. So Mm. before we dive into Neville 101, please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Okay, so I live just north of Boston, the East Coast of the United States of America, and I am a full-time creator. And what I mean by that is, is I have founded a school, a school of imagination. I'm a YouTube creator, active content creator, and that is what I do uh, for a living, but it's not work, right? It's just fun. I literally just get up and I have fun every single day. Well, you know what? It's funny you bring that up because... um... I love that theory. And and that's something Pam Grout talks a lot about. I love Pam, but the point is we're all supposed to be here having fun and joy. And I feel like we got off track and forgot that step. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. It it can be easy to forget uh, that at the end of it all, right. We get so serious on so many topics, especially seems like in in the self-improvement, personal development type spaces, can get so serious because we're dealing with like life issues, the creative power of the universe, right? Yeah. But we have to remember at the end of it all, what we're really here to do is to have fun. Yes. Okay. So I, I really want to deep dive Neville, but I would love to hear a little bit about your journey and what brought you to his work and why you decided to go all in and create, you know, your most recent content is di- you, well, you say it, but you create 20 minutes or less, digestible, easy to apply. Yes, exactly. So it's a daily Neville. It's a daily show on, on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 20 minutes a day. The videos come out at the same time each day. So you literally set your clock to it. And it's like a daily dose. It's like a, the daily bread, feeding yourself daily, these beautiful ideas uh, that empower you and that help you see your own potential as a creator. And Neville, you know, he was, he was teaching the mid 20th century. He uses kind of mid 20th century language and while we love him for that, uh, sometimes the words need to be updated for the modern era. And that's kind of what I do. <laughs> that's, that's my thing. That's the, the take that I bring to it. In terms of uh, what, what brought me to Neville and why I decided to go all in on Neville, uh, just to kind of give you the short version, I was on a quest to understand my mission and purpose, my meaning and purpose, kind of the big questions. Who am I? Why am I? Why am I here? Why am I on earth? Why am I who I am? Right? All these, all these types of things. I was asking these questions and asking those questions led me to uh, people like Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks, you know, channeling Abraham Hicks and, uh, you know, a bunch of, of authors in the, the metaphysical, personal development, spiritual type space. 
And uh, kind of going down that rabbit hole, I, I got a lot. I got a lot of wisdom. I felt like it was uh, interesting, and I felt like it was giving me new perspectives. And then I met Neville Goddard, and when I started to understand what he was saying, and most importantly, apply what he was saying, my entire life changed. And I realized that while there's value in all wisdom teachings, certain teachings change everything. And in my opinion, it is Neville Goddard's teachings, not that it's a competition, but I really do feel like what he has to say stands out head and shoulders above a lot of, a lot of other similar teachers. There's something about the authenticity, the integrity with which he delivered this message that just really resonated with me. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I went all in because I authentically believe that it's a message the world is ready to hear. Okay. So I love what you touched on there and, and sort of similar in my twenties, I spent all of my twenties. I felt like life was a hamster wheel going through life's motions. And I too was a seeker and I was, you know, always taking in the content, trying to find the teacher or the works. And I love, I call it Abe, but Abraham Hicks, I love Abe and, and so many other teachers, you know, Wayne Dyer and Gabby, and, and we could name them all. And I went down the Tony Robbins path. And, and now I also resonate with Neville and Dr. Joe Dispenza, but I find, I try to find the commonality with all of these teachers. And I think the important part is I don't believe there's one right way. There are so many teachers out there so that each of us can resonate with somebody. But I think the point of all of these teacher is, is to wake us up and empower us that there's so much more available than what we've been taught. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now, back to regular programming. Absolutely. Absolutely. You nailed it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a, a million voices all saying the same essential truth. Yes. Okay, so now I would love, can you give us, oh wait, before we get started, so like eight months ago when I first came across Neville, and it's because of another podcast guest, she was sharing her experience and wanting to go to Italy and, and this whole power of imagination, and, and so I know you're going to talk about that and share that with us, but what I did is, like I do, I fully immersed myself, and I bought, um, it's a thick book, but it's 10, like his top 10 books in one, can you because he has a bit of a religious tone. And I think some people that would turn them off immediately using God or Jesus, or um, he even quotes from the Bible. So I'd love for you to obviously give his foundational principles, but for those that kind of maybe that rubs them wrong, how can you take the religious aspect out of it and more of that spiritual metaphysical approach? Mm, that's a beautiful question. Yeah, so basically what, what, what Neville does is he removes the veil from the Christian mysteries. That's like kind of his focus, the Christian mysteries, meaning the Bible and similar, I guess, I guess all the teachings are really control, contained within the Bible. 
And there, you've had all these religious organizations over the centuries that have misunderstood the core teaching because they didn't experience it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they kind of went off of conjecture. They kind of uh, continued to, to riff off of what other people before them had said, the scholars of the Bible. And they took, they took these, uh, these teachings that were meant to be metaphysical and in a lot of cases, metaphor for the, the paradigm of how reality is created. And they kind of built their own story on it. And it was kind of became a distorted story. And that's the traditional religion that a lot of us are familiar with and a lot of us might be turned off by. What I found really interesting and beautiful about Neville's work is he actually rips all of those veils right off of it. And he says, this is actually what the Bible is saying. The Bible is actually saying that you are the creative power of the universe embodied in a form of flesh and blood. And you're here to create, you're here to learn, to use your creative power responsibly. You're here to learn to be love, to be the embodiment of love, and you're here to play. And this is your world, and your world is a mirror of your own self-concept. This is what you're pushing out. Now, when I was a kid, I was raised in a, in a church, and I was handed a Bible, and I studied the Bible, and I was taught in Sunday school. No one ever told me that that's what was going on. It was always, oh, there's you know, God, and then he's like outside of you and he's up there somewhere. And then there's Jesus. He lived 2000 years ago and then he died. And like, maybe he'll come back, but we don't really know when, right? It's like a completely different story. And it was told by people who didn't fully understand it because it wasn't alive within them. They were going off of someone else's experience. It's kind of the, the telephone game where like yes. you say one thing and then it goes all the way around by the time it makes it around, right? So for me, I actually, just to give you a little bit of my background, I was raised in Christianity. At one point, I actually, in my twenties, I actually walked away from it completely. I, I no, no church, no God, no Bible, no nothing. I was completely, I'm done with this. It was, it was in, it, uh, uh, not a tool set that works for the real world. And I actually called my father who was, um, a pastor when I was really, really young. So he's like very much like the spiritual leader of the household. And I had a heart to heart with him. And I said, dad, you taught me this thing, this religion, and it didn't work for me. You gave me a tool set that didn't fit the real world. And I just want to let you know, like, I, I know you did your best, but like, I just want to let you know, I'm formally not this anymore, right? And it was like a month after I did that, that I discovered Neville Goddard. It's like I had to completely walk away in order to have the fresh eyes to actually see the treasure and the thing that I had discarded as valueless. So I'm going to give my perspective and my takeaway, because I know you are fully immersed in Neville. This is like what you eat, sleep, breathe. My takeaway was that Neville really teaches a very simple term, I am. So that is that the God within all of us. And, and when we say that, you're right. We are taught that like God is in the sky. And it's like, why are we looking up? We look within, God is within us. But I, I do feel like we've been taught that it's outside of us. And then if we want to go that route, you know, when people are seeking change in their life, they seek externally. When I've learned to understand my intuition, my intuitive power to go within. So even to grasp, grasp, I am, I am a powerful creator. I am God in this. I love my cousin said this recently, this meat suit. This is just, a, this is like our vehicle for here on planet earth on our 3d dimension to experience the five senses, right? So once we embody and understand, wow, I am God, I feel like that would help release the unworthiness, our limiting beliefs, the false beliefs of not enough, and I have to work hard and I have to earn. Because if we walked around actually thinking and feeling, I am God, not arrogant, mm 
but I am God. Like I, what limitations does God have? Mm. None. Yes. Yes. So what, I mean, so that's a simple one, right? So he teaches I am. And then the other big things I got from Neville is imagination and to live from the end. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I am is consciousness first, right? It's the understanding that, you know, at the, at the very fabric foundation of the universe, right? Scientists that keep zooming in, let's find the next, you know, is it a quark? Is it a particle? Is it a, you know, what is it, right? Well, it's actually consciousness. And eventually they'll, they'll figure that out, right? But we're still in that process. We're figuring it out. It's actually consciousness. And that's, that's I am. All that is, is I am. And if you actually look at the Bible and you remove all the veils of, uh, kind of misinformed, you know, the scholars who don't quite get it. If you actually remove all of that, you'll see that in the Bible, it says very directly that the name of God is I am, which is very much a, hey, it's whatever you're looking at, it's looking right back at you. Like the mirror, the mirror, it's a mirror relationship, right? It is, it's all right here. It is all us. We are, I am. And so then it becomes, well, okay, well, you know, in, in the Bible, we're taught like nothing is impossible to God. What do you, what faculty do you have right now that you can do anything in? It's your imagination, right? You, you want to, you want to sail in a spaceship past Jupiter. How can you do that right now in your imagination, right? You want to travel to the farthest reaches of the universe. How can you do that right now? There is no limit. It's boundless, right? It's your imagination. So it's like, oh my goodness, my, my power is right here. It's been here the whole time. And it is my imagination. Well, it's. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It just made me think the power of imagination to think about children. And that's why I love some coaches in this space talk about being more childlike, mm. but children come in with this high imagination. We're having tea parties and we pretend and like, at what point did we lose that power of imagination to quote form reality? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's synonymous with that point in our life where suddenly life started to feel heavy right? As though, as though the circumstances on the outside were more powerful than we were. A lot of us had formative experiences as children where like something on the outside exerted its power and control over us. And we felt like we had to bow to the dictate of the facts, right? There was something that somebody, something that told us you can't do that. You can't be that in some way you're limited, right? And it was in that moment that it's like the magic got sucked out. But now as adults, we have the opportunity to realize that the magic never left. We just simply temporarily surrendered our understanding of it and we can always reclaim it. Mm, I love that. Something else I want to ask you, does Neville talk much about the subconscious mind? Because a lot of this, especially reading books, because, you know, people get addicted to shelf help reading books. So that's only our conscious mind, understanding theory and knowledge and but does he talk about the power of subconscious? Not in the same way that, that other people do. Like I know uh, we're both a fan of, of Dr. Bruce Lipton and, and he goes extensively. I know Joe Dispenza talks about it as well. There's yeah. a lot of authors that have explored it in, in depth. That's not really Neville's, Neville's take on things though. His, his primary focus is self-concept and he talks about without saying subconscious, he, his, some of his methods that he prescribes we know from the work of other people do impact and reprogram the subconscious, but it's not so much what he's saying. He doesn't really use that vernacular. Okay. Okay. So you, you just touched on the word of methods. I would love to hear maybe for you to, to boil it down to 
specific methods, like a process, the how to apply Neville's teachings to our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, actually in, in the work I was doing just today for Daily Neville, uh, three steps, he calls it the essentials, right? Step number one is a burning desire, mm. not, a, not a passing infatuation, right? Not a, oh, that's a shiny object. That'd be nice. No, a burning desire. You have to know exactly what you want and you have to desire it from, from like your soul, from like the level of the soul, right? I mean, you can, you, can, you can manifest anything, but this is the recipe, okay? So burning desire. And the second thing is what he calls state akin to sleep which the community abbreviates as SATs, right? State akin to sleep. Now, what is this? This is the alpha theta cusp brainwave state, right? It's relaxing. Some would call it a state of meditation. You lay down, you lay back, you close your eyes, you allow your body to slow, slow down, you allow your mind to slow down. And then the goal is to allow your body to fall asleep and your mind to remain awake. So you have full control over the focus of your attention while your body is kind of sleeping. You're not really paying attention to the outside world, your senses are dulled in that way and you have your full imaginative capability available. And then step three is to imagine that you are experiencing now, right now, what you desire to experience. So whoever that man, woman, human that you desire to be, how would you know that you are that person? What, what, would, what, what is the actual scene that would play out that would let you know, oh, I am the person I desire to be? In this relaxed state, with your burning desire, you would tap into that, you would experience it now in imagination. Now, Neville never said subconscious in those words per se, but we understand that's exactly what that is. That's basically rewriting the subconscious from almost a hypnotic state. Well, and what I understand the power of this, and I was coined a quote master manifester many years ago because I watched The Secret when it came out in 2006. And when I first watched it, I was like, this is total bullshit but I got curious and I let go of my judgments and I watched it again. Then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I just want to experiment. I just want to see what's possible. So I played with it for fun and very lightly, the car parking one, that's a big one I've now done for years. And then it was small things. So now I understand the power of living in the end and acting as if it's already yours. I would love to ask you a question because something that I preach about is that the how is not your job. And I think even a lot of times I've, I've listened to Neville's books, even on um, like YouTube when I know you read his books, but I think somebody else read it. So when I'm at the gym or in the walking in nature, but I feel like there was an example and it might've even been the couple that bought property and they were going to rental units. Um, the doctor so, and his wife were on the promise. Thank you. Of course you would know this. <laughs> but he was teaching them live and imagine the, the renters are already there, the tenants and, and the amount of money you're getting for rent, right? Like you're, you're living as though it's already happening. The income, it's done. Everything's um, not vacated, but rented. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you because I like to talk about real world. And then I want to hear some examples from you. Mm. From the secret, something they taught is, let's say if you want a new car, go drive it to feel the feelings of the, hand, um, the steering wheel and what it's like to sit in it and experience mm. it. Because I know the imagination is powerful, but even like for our 3D senses to actually experience it, if we could something like that, a car, right? Mm-hmm. 
So here's my example. I follow intuitive nudges and I have a burning desire to move. I am ready. I've been in my current place for about six years and I'm just ready. I want more space and I want more natural light and I just burning desire to move. Mm -hmm. So I got an intuitive nudge last week. I love Redfin looking at real estate and there's actually, and I like new builds. There's a new build community 15 minutes from where I currently live. So the next day I went, I drove, there's, it's literally brand spanking new. All they have are the two model homes. That is it. Like they're just getting, um, selling the lots. Mm -hmm. So I walked through the models and for me, it was like, oh, it just felt like mine. And I walked through it and I, and I imagined myself in the rooms and hosting people in the kitchen and decorating. And, And since then, so we're like a week later, Um, something Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about is a mind movie, but even that is kind of Neville speak, the imagination and, and, and programming your mind to see it and feel it. And so here's my question for you in this situation that these homes are good. They're saying eight to 10 months out. So let's just say a year for easy numbers because construction always gets delayed. Right? So if it's a year out and I have no idea the how, are you telling me Neville's process and method is to continue just living, breathing, imagining myself in it and it's yes. just going to happen? Yeah. So, so that, that's the first step, right? So living, breathing, imagine yourself in it and then living in the end, right? If I, if I were you, what I would do is I would, in that community, I would find, okay, what's my new grocery store, right? What, where, what's my new gas station? Where's my car wash? Where's, do I go to a new gym? Like literally assume that that's now your house and start doing the normal natural things that go along with owning a house in that subdivision. It's just just literally, it's now part of your identity. It's where you live. So it's funny you bring that up because I did map all that out. Like, okay, the King Supers is less than a mile. My gym, I'll still go to the same gym. So it's, see, it's like we innately know these things. So I would love to hear from you since you've, how long have you been doing Neville's work, teaching it, studying it? Yeah, since 2016. Okay, so not even that long, about six, five or six years. I would love to hear from you. How have you implemented his process and methods and what has, quote, manifested for you? Mm. Uh, so I, my, my entire life, my entire life has changed. Top to bottom, left, right, like 360 degrees. Every, everything has changed. And it was because I began to assume a different concept of myself. Before I met Neville, I thought that things on the outside of my world made me whoever I was, whoever I was, right? So it's like, if, if I'm, if I'm going to be wealthy, the only way I'll know I'm wealthy is if I look at my bank account and I have a bunch of money there, or if I look at my, you know, file folder and I have a bunch of property or whatever it is, right? I always thought it was things on the outside that determined who I was. I was using kind of the measures of the world to determine you know, the, the measure of me. And what Neville taught me was to flip that around and to actually understand that I have to value myself first. And if I'm going to be a wealthy man, I have to start off being wealthy in, in terms of my, I am, I have to embody the state of wealth and then allow things to push out and allow the world, then the world. So he says, signs do not follow, right? They proceed, right? So I have to observe the signs now, right? I'm sorry, signs, signs follow. They do not proceed. I actually reverse that. Yeah. Signs follow. 
They do not precede, right? So signs follow the fact that I have moved into the state, that I've embodied the state. They don't come ahead of time because if you think about them coming ahead of time, it yeah, means that something sure. out there is controlling the direction that we're going. And that's actually never the case. It's actually the chief delusion is to think that something out there is, is controlling us. It's actually always here. So in terms of how I've done it, literally everything in my life has changed. Um, my, <laughs> my, my net worth, which I don't talk about a whole lot, but let's just say it's uh, multiple orders of magnitude larger than what it was in 2016, all as a result of, of movement, movement in mind and believing that I was a wealthy man and then naturally following, I love how you said following your leads, following your hunches. Um, let's just say I made some very uh, wise investments at some very critical times uh, that have blossomed in very beautiful ways. Um, my relationship with my with my partner, who I was with at the time when I when I met Neville, um, has completely changed and shifted uh, in in really beautiful ways. It's it really is my soulmate, and I'm really experiencing like this soulmate relationship, which is absolutely beautiful. And although I was with her before meeting Neville, it was not on the level that it is now because I am a different man now than I was then. So because I'm a different man now, I'm now showing up differently in my relationship. And she also having met Neville at the same time I did, we very much shared this. She's a different woman now than she was when we were first together. So we've literally evolved into being this, this soulmate type relationship, which is just absolutely beautiful and edifying, gratifying in so, so many ways. Um, career, right? Like I literally get to get up and do exactly what I want to do every single day. I literally get to do what I love. I literally get to play every single day. Financial freedom, right? Time freedom. I, I do this because I love it and because I feel like it's a part of my meaning and purpose. And that is a complete, complete paradigm shift from the man I was before I met Neville. And it's not like I, you know, read a Neville book and then I was instantly changed overnight. This is very much a, the seeds were planted and then they started to grow as I began to water them and fertilize them. And I listened and listened and listened. And then I started to listen within as opposed to listening from without he taught me where to find the voice within. So I started to listen within and then I started to really, really grow. So in, in that process, you know, I, I manifested a job that I wanted and then I manifested not having a job at all, right? I manifested, like it's literally, you could just hop in and out of whatever you need in the moment uh, simply by assuming it and by becoming it. And by, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a process of, of surrendering to the unfolding while sustaining and persisting in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So I got really clear, that burning desire got really clear. And then I assumed, well, if I want to be that, then that must be who I'm meant to be. And it must be, I am that now. And then sustaining that and allowing the world to rearrange itself to reflect back to me, the man I am. Okay. I have so many things I'd like to go off from that. So number one, I think it's important. You shared, you had changed in all aspects of your life. And I think it's important that that's amazing that your partner was on the same page. You guys are studying this together because I, I know somebody specifically who is on this journey and bettering herself and waking up and is like, I'm, I can't do this nine to five. I am meant for so much more. And her husband of like 15 years, they have four kids. You know, he's very much in the paradigm. You work a nine to five, it's stability. You have a paycheck and then you retire. And so somebody in those shoes you cannot change that person. You can't change your partner. So what would she do, continue doing? Just assume living in the end, this new role, this new whatever, and he's going to show up differently? 
Yeah. So it's, you can't, you can't change someone else by force or by will or by ego, right? Your small self, your small self ego, you can't force a change on someone else. But if I were this person, what I would do is I would follow those three steps, right? Get a clear burning desire. How, what would be my preference? If I were, if I had the perfect relationship with my husband right now, and he's supporting me in every way, how would I know that that were true? And in this case, um, kind of my, my first go-to is what would he say to me? Right. What we what would I hear him say that would make me know that he he supports me 100 percent and is totally on the same page, energetically, vibrationally, everything. What would he say? And then how would I feel if he said that? And then you go into imagination and you hear, you know, replicate his voice in your mind's eye. You hear him say those things. And this is the most important part. You feel in your body, you feel in your heart your body, your mind, your, your soul, all of it. You feel deeply that he actually said it. You actually just heard it. And you allow your body to thrill as I'm sure it would if he said that in real life. You've experienced it the exact same way. And then you hold on and you persist in that assumption, regardless of what he says the next day, regardless of what he says a week later, right? You persist in that assumption and you allow the world of form to reshape itself to match your assumption and something will move and eventually it will conform. Okay. I love that. And I can see that, but I feel like there's a difference between persisting in that imagination and feeling good and using your senses to imagine the scenes and what life would be like versus somebody quote manic manifesting, let's say financial. I think that's easiest to talk about. So let's say somebody currently is sitting in a space of their money. I mean, they're either like paycheck to paycheck. It's super tight. They're broke. They're in debt. I know you can flip that. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who's in that space and has been imagining, right? Something else I heard, and maybe it's even a that talks about this, wherever you currently are, that's from your past thinking, Mm, right? So walk me through via Neville's teaching, somebody who is in that lack scarcity mindset, how do they shift that and get into where they want? Beautiful question. Yeah. So it, it all starts. The very first thing is self-talk and the stories that we're telling ourselves, right? That's the first thing to look at. And that's the first thing to change. So in this moment, what I'm feeling is that someone who's in that situation might be feeling some guilt, shame, fear, right? Some of those things. And then there's words that they hear that voice in our heads. There's words that are bringing up those feelings. And so the first step is to become aware, right? Cause you can't, you can only change things that you're once they come into your awareness, that's what gives you the power of choice, right? So first step is to become aware and then it's to begin to shift that language. And of course there's uh, so many techniques for this, but in this case, we'd start with self-love We'd say, okay, I see, I see how the experience I'm living right now is my past thoughts and feelings like made manifest hardened into a fact in my life and this, you know, being in poverty. Right. So, and I also understand the first step to getting out of poverty is to change the arrangement of my mind. So I'm going to start talking differently in my mind's eye. I'm going to start hearing different conversations and start modifying that self-talk and you slowly start to move the needle. And as you start to move that needle of, of where your awareness is, where your consciousness is, that's what starts to shift the conditions because you are becoming a different person. So you start to like the, the person you are is also the eyes that you have, right? You, that person, this hypothetical person in a, in a situation of poverty could have an opportunity right in front of them right now that they can't see because they have poverty eyes plugged in. And the moment that they start to shift those poverty eyes, they can begin to see opportunities. 
right? So it's, it's not necessarily, although you could, it's not necessarily you win the jackpot overnight and instantly all your problems are solved. It starts with simple changes of perception. And oh my goodness, I actually do have this opportunity. And oh my goodness, I actually, you know, I can do this and I can do that. And then, you know, generosity comes in from here. This situation happens that, right? So it's, it can be very, it can kind of unfold step-by-step step in that way, but it all comes back to the self-talk and the self-concept that drives the self-talk. Okay, so something you'd said before we started recording, I asked you um, kind of like, what is your billboard message? And what you said is that imagination is the cause, your, the world is effect. So another way that I say this, just because it is so much semantics, is that the mind is the cause of every effect in your life. You're saying the same thing. And so if people realize, wow, this all began from a thought and the process in my mind, every current outcome and result I have, well, if I created this, then I can create that. And in Abe speak, it would be contrast, right? So right now you're sitting in lack and poverty. You're like, ooh, I don't like that. And I think it is kind of giving yourself some grace and then choosing again. Well said. But doing this work, because I think a lot of people are going to want to be like, well, how long is it going to take? Mm -hmm. And since time is an illusion, we won't mm -hmm. go down that hole. But time is an illusion. It's not even real. Mm -hmm. If they start doing this process and whether they want to change their financials, get into relationship, better their relationship, start a business, it doesn't matter what area of life, how long is this going to take? So I think we have to surrender that question. Okay. I think we have to surrender it. I, I, so no, to answer from Neville's, he says, he says the amount of time is entirely dependent on how quickly you can completely immerse yourself in yeah. the feeling of already being, right? Okay. And so there's, there's wisdom to that too. But I, I think you have to kind of surrender that question. And I think this, this um, kind of, kind of our, our current society's obsession with, you know, doing things as quickly as possible, or what's the shortest way to get from here to there. I think you have to kind of surrender some of that and understand that there's actually a, a bigger thing happening here. And the bigger thing is, is whatever the evolutionary pressure you're experiencing in your life, be it finances, you know, relationship that's having some trouble, career trouble, like whatever that that burning, you know, this is happening and it's really got my attention, whatever that is, that's evolutionary pressure. And it's an invitation to begin to wake up to the creator that you are. And that's the bigger story. That's the gift that can come wrapped in crisis, right? You know, health problems. A lot of times that's what finally wakes people up is this massive health problem that they, they eventually realize they created with their thoughts and they can now heal with their thoughts as well. So it can come in different shapes and sizes. It can come wrapped as good things, as bad things. But honestly, it's usually the things that most people would call are you know, bad or crisis that tend to jolt us out of our kind of hyp hypnotic state of doing the same thing every day, kind of jolt us out of our patterns, conscious pattern interrupt, right? That get us to ask new questions. And I think if, if we obsess about, well, you know, if, if I do this technique every day, well, you know, how, how quickly can I do this? I think we're kind of missing the point. There's a bigger, more beautiful yeah. gift. Yeah. So that made me think this is a, a huge paradigm shift in my perspective, right? But for those that are conditioned and programmed into seeking externally, as an example, 
wanting a new job and going to go to LinkedIn or Indeed and, and apply to dozens of jobs or seek recruiters and like, again, seeking externally or somebody wanting to date and getting on an app and swiping. You're saying there's a different, easier way to do it mm -hmm. in which we have more power. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, to be clear, even if you are applying this, you may end up swiping or applying, but you will be doing so because you are being your, your action of doing so is in alignment with living in the end, as opposed to trying to move the matter, trying to make something happen. Now, Neville says we're, we're actually impotent. We, we actually cannot make anything happen. He says we're, we're powerless to actually make anything happen. Even if we're acting and trying to do things, he says we're, we're powerless. The only free will that we have, according to Neville, is our assumption. We can choose to assume what is true about ourselves. So in this case, he said, you know, trying to find a job, right? So you would assume that you are employed. You would assume. So you would imagine, uh, you know, the, the interview, you would imagine, you know, the job offer, you would imagine calling your mom and saying, mom, I got this awesome new job, get a huge salary, I've got full benefits, and I start Monday, right? That's the, that's the conversation that I would play in my imagination in that, you know, burning desire, uh, state akin to sleep, go into my imagination and feel the thrill of calling your mom and being like, hey, I got this awesome job, check it out, right? Get all hyped up in that way. And then you, you assume that that did it. You assume that that did it, and then you follow your hunches, right? And if, if it's, oh, let's go look at, in, at LinkedIn, you know, maybe it's the first, the first one on the list is like, oh, this is the one I want, right? So it, it's like you prepave in your imagination, and then you just roll downhill. So my takeaway from that is to do the three steps, know the what, the burning desire, the state akin to sleep, and then that to live in the end, and then you take inspired action. Inspired action, precisely. Uh, 10 for. Okay, so I, I wanted to ask you this also. Again, I like finding the common threads. What is the difference between Neville's teachings and Law of Attraction, Abraham Hicks? Mm. So uh, besides the ones on the face, meaning that Abraham Hicks doesn't really talk about the Bible and Neville very much uses the Bible as this kind of ancient source or ancient script that talks about these things, the scriptures, right? Um, aside from that, there, there really are, it's mostly parallel, right? But Neville would, he'd kind of shrivel at the idea of attraction. It's not attraction, according to Neville. It's assumption. It's the law of assumption. Attraction is kind of, um, I think he would say it, it kind of uh, diminishes the power of what it actually is. It's, it's like a, a, a kind of uh, reduced substitute, a, a poor substitute for what the actual law is, which is the law of assumption. Right. So it's not so much, oh, if I do this, I'll attract circumstances. It's no, let me assume this. And then the circumstances are compelled. It's like a slight, slight difference, not huge, slight, but I think Neville would say it is significant. Uh, beyond that, the core, the core messages are the same. I think what is unique perhaps about Neville is uh, how he, he, you know, so he teaches the law, the law of assumption. And then he teaches the promise, right? So the law is about learning how to use your creative power. And then the promise is about as you go about this process of learning to use your creative power, you actually wake up to essentially a higher dimension. You begin to embody a higher dimension. You begin to embody really a different understanding of the universe and you begin to express differently. And this is where 
you start to realize you are God. You're actually God having a human experience. So Neville kind of talks about both those things, whereas a lot of other law of attraction teachers mostly teach you how to get what you want or how to create mm -hmm. and don't really talk about the fact that as you do this, the reason why it works and what you're ultimately uncovering is the great esoteric secret, which is you are. I am. Yes. I had another note here I, I wanted to ask you. Again, this is a big paradigm. Entrepreneurs, I feel like when you get into this space and especially creating an online business, there's so much effort and that we're taught to go all in on strategy, have a website, a lead magnet, funnels, click funnels. You know, there are people out there making a shit ton of money teaching strategy where I have found what's even more important, I call like the 80-20 rule that anything you do in life is 80% mental. 20% strategy. How do you feel about that? I, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. There's so all you can, you can have, you can hire all of the marketing specialists in the whole world. And if you're not in the state of being the successful entrepreneur you desire to be, it won't work. Fa yeah. Failure will, will continue to find you as long as you believe that you're a failure. You have to actually, so this is the, the way I teach it is you must move the energy first and then the matter can't help but follow. So the way the way I'm doing it with my business is burning desire, right? I'm getting really clear. Who are the people that I desire to engage with at the School of Imagination, right? Now, as much as I'd like to say that my work is for literally the whole planet, the truth is it's for people who are embodying a certain state, right? They're asking certain questions and the other people are just gonna do their thing and that's fine. But the ones that are asking the questions, those are the ones that I desire to work with. So my process is let me get really, really clear on that and then let me assume that the people that I'm meant to teach hear and see what I am creating, right? And then out of that assumption, I get all kinds of creative inspirations. I'm led to this person, I'm led to that person. I you know, hire this person, I hire that person. And it's like, everything just falls into place because I've already moved the energy. I'm already being the embodiment of what I desire to be as opposed to trying to solve problems or hustle, right? I'm, I'm not oh, yes. I'm the hustle, you know, hustle mindset, hustle this, hustle that. That is so 80s, <laughs> you know, cocaine and Wall Street, let's get it done, you know? Like, no, it's that, that is so the last paradigm. The new paradigm is ease and grace and flow. Yes. And it's move the, move the mind first, 80, 20, right? Move the energy first and then allow the matter to flow effortlessly out of that. I love this. And I'm sure you've seen it, but you know, those like Instagram memes or whatever hustle and it's slashed out and the word align was written. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I a hundred percent agree that it's like, do the inner work first. And then mm -hmm. as we already said, then you take inspired action. Mm -hmm. I wonder, I have an, another question for you. And then I want to get into kind of like your daily rituals. I know um, in 2021, so this past year you taught a small group of like 30 students and you showed up every single week teaching Neville teaching. Since you were so fully immersed with a group of people doing this, what transpired over this past year? It, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing uh, on, on multiple levels, kind of starting here uh, for me. Um, I, I shifted a lot, right? So, so 2020 was an interesting year. It's an interesting year of, of watching a lot of people in the world give their power away to stories and learning to remain anchored and grounding in, in, in my story as that happened. And as that was happening, 
uh, I was I was growing a lot. And so when 2021 came around and I decided to run this, this year-long uh, course, I knew that there was a shift and a transition happening. And I knew that, that I was becoming more aligned with the reason why I'm on earth now, which is my mission and my service. I knew that that was, that was happening. And I, I knew that part of that was investing in this small group of students in this way. And I knew that this was going to be something I would do for this year. And then I knew that the mission would expand beyond that. So I, I, <laughs> I, went, I went deeper than I'd ever gone before. Uh, a, lot, a lot of my other courses have been more introductory in a way, still probably advanced for some people, but more introductory. This course, I pulled out all the stops, released all the breaks. We did a complete deep dive and it was essentially, let's look at every single aspect of life and let's look at how to apply these teachings to everything, right? The whole, the whole picture. And it was amazing for me to, to watch my students grow. It was amazing to watch myself grow. It was amazing to watch, um, you know, as, you know, they say nobody learns it more than the teacher, right? So it's like in order to be able to teach, I have to like really, really know and not just know, but embody, right? I can't, I can't get up and, and try to be something I'm not. So it's like, if I'm saying to do something, it's because I'm doing it. And I have to be authentic in that way. So as, as deep as I took my students, I was going as deep, if not deeper. And it just, it really, it really shifted me. And uh, whereas I think, I don't, I don't really want to, I want to be careful how I tell the story here, but let's just say my focus before 2021 was a little bit different and I had different priorities and different values. I thought it was maybe more about, um, you know, where, where, where I was taking Josiah, if, if that makes sense. And after 2021, I realized it really has nothing to do with where Josiah is doing, it has everything to do with service and where the collective is going. And it was like this kind of paradigm shift that unfolded over that year that kind of awakened me to the bigger picture. And so it's like, the way I kind of sum this up is you, you have to learn how to meet your own needs first by using these tools. And then there's a certain point where you have everything you could have dreamed of. And at that point, you start to realize it wasn't ever really about those things. It was always about something even bigger. And that's this idea of, of mission, purpose, and service. It doesn't have to be a global platform. doesn't have to be anything crazy. can be if you want it to be, right? But there's something that each and every one of us was born to do. And the journey of life is uncovering what that is and stepping into and learning to embody it. And for me, 2021, that's what it was all about. And I watched a lot of my students go through that too. Uh, final thought here on, on this little tangent, um, the great resignation, which has been occurring and occurred in a large part in 2021, many of my students in this small group went through a career change in this year of 2021 because mm. the way these teachings woke them up, they started to realize that they were investing the most valuable currency they have, their attention into something that wasn't their true mission and purpose. So I got to see some of these beautiful transitions take place. And I got to see people kind of resituate in their lives and start to come into their mission, purpose, and service. Really, really beautiful to experience. I love that. The great resignation. Something mm -hmm. you've emphasized time and time again, and I believe I do my best to emphasize that as well, is you've got to apply this information to your life. Consciously, that's why I don't believe knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is power. Yes. And I just want to point out that's done in the silence. Applying is done in the silence. You can, you can 
we're talking about mental diets a lot, right? So I, I tell I tell my students, I tell everybody, right? Like be very careful what seeds you're planting in the garden of your mind. The websites you go on, the stories you hear other people tell about the world, people you're interacting with, mental diets, super important. And there's a part, there's a component of mental diets, which is silence. As, as much as you might get from my teaching on YouTube or Heather, your teachings or coachings, right? As much as someone might get from these things, the real truth, the real truth is always within. And to access that requires silence. Yes, I love that. Okay, I want to ask you, what are your daily rituals to stay persistent, um, to keep visualizing, imagining, assuming, mm -hmm. living in the end? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. So I, I prioritize self-care, meaning that I check my state first. And my state mm -hmm. is the most important thing. So just like anybody else, sometimes I wake up and I just feel a little bit off. And what I've learned to do in those situations is not try to move the ball forward while I'm feeling off. So what I do is I invest in myself. I, and I have you know some, some routines, some habits that I go to, to, to kind of do that. Um, Self-care things. I love floating, for example, you know, salt tanks, floating um, in, a, in a float tank. I love, I love things like that. Walking in nature, things like that help me stay grounded, present. I breathe every day. I really do believe that that just like food is nutrition for our bodies, breathing is nutrition for our, our bodies, our spirits, our minds, and our souls. So I breathe every day, I do breath work every single day. And really, uh, I would say probably the biggest thing that has shifted me is uh, learning and applying the idea of heart coherence, which is essentially this idea of, of uh, aligning your, your brains, right? Which you have your, your brain brain, your heart brain, your gut brain, Aligning those three three brains in a place of gratitude and appreciation. This is taught by HeartMath and, and Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton and Greg Bray. This is like a, a million voices talking about this right now. It's so important because it it allows you to get out of the chatter of the of the monkey mind and really come into center and really become rooted and grounded. And it's it's completely changed my life to to learn about heart coherence. And I apply it every single day. I do it first thing in the morning. I literally eyes open, immediately become aware of my heart, immediately feel the gratitude, immediately root and ground in that way. I do it, I did it before I came on with you, Heather, anytime I'm going live or talking to people or making some sort of performance or appearance, always come into the heart, make sure I'm root and grounded in that way. And I fall asleep in that feeling, that feeling of gratitude and appreciation and connection. And it's like, the, the more you do it, the easier it is to do it. And eventually it just becomes your base state. And you're more often in alignment and every once in a while you might get bumped a little bit, but it's so easy to get back in because you've carved at the groove. I take away one word from all that. You're very mindful. Mm, yes. Yes. Very mindful energy, your focus, your awareness. Okay. And grateful, honestly, yeah, yeah. grateful, right? It's like, you know, you could, you could take all, all, everything, everything away from me that I, that I've built and imagined everything else. You take it all away from me and I'd still be grateful just to be alive. You could take my life and I'd still be grateful just to be. And it's like, I wasn't always this way, Heather. I was not always a grateful person. I didn't always have an appreciation for the gift that life is. It's something I've had to grow into. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's what I'm most grateful for is the ability <laughs> and the state of being in gratitude. It's, it's just, it's one of those things. It's, it's like, it, it, that is, that is my, my earth star. That's what anchors me is, is appreciation for the gift of life itself. Yeah.
for sakes, uh, time's sake, because honestly, I could sit here and talk to you all night. I love this stuff. I nerd out on it. But I would love to know, what is a key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation? Yeah, you are the power. You are the power. You've been the power the entire time. Mm -hmm. And you're living right now in heaven. You are. You're living in heaven. And the only reason why you don't believe that's the case is because you're listening to stories that other people are telling you. And if you take your power back from those stories and you start telling your own story, you'll realize you're living in heaven right now. And your mission and purpose is to help others also see it. Yes, I love that. Okay, I have a couple rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. Yeah. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Ooh, um, quote or motto I live by. I would say um, golden rule, right? It's, it's cliche, but that's, it's what it is. Do unto others, but it's not just do, right? It's think of others and imagine of others. Imagine to be true of others what I want them to imagine to be true of me. Mm. I love that. I like the spin. Mm. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Oh, so I'm reading, um, how to, is it, how does, I think it's how to script the life of your dreams, scripting the life of your dreams. It's by Royce something. I just picked it up the other day is recommended by Mitch Horowitz. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, and, um, it's all about writing your life into existence using scripts, which I've, I've kind of done, but not in this way. So I'm really excited to, to learn more about halfway through the book. I'm really excited to learn more secrets about, uh, this, this technique of writing your dream life into existence. So really it's just taking that imagination piece and putting pen to paper. It's a little bit more complicated than that because okay. it's a, uh, a time element, right? So it's like um, you, write, you write the morning script and you can script 12 hours ahead and you can get very precise. And there's a, a subconscious programming thing going on here. What you're doing is you're training your, your, your consciousness to become aware that what you write down comes true. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? My younger self uh, had some rough times for sure. And the advice I would give to my younger self is um, it's not nearly as big of a deal as you think it is. And that's always, always true. No matter what you're going through, it's not nearly as big of a deal as you think it is. 10 for Josiah, thank you so much for joining me and all of your time and knowledge today. Thank you, Heather. It's been a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate this conversation. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.